Hi, welcome to the ACE Tip Podcast. We come to you from the Center for Advancing Correctional Excellence, ACE, at George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia, and via the Coordination and Translation Center, CTC, of the National Institute on Drug Abuse's Justice Opioid Community Innovation Network, or JCOIN. I'm your host, Danielle Rudes, Associate Professor of Criminology, Law, and Society, and the Deputy Director at ACE, and one of the leads on the Capacity Building Corps of the CTC for JCOIN. This podcast is all about translating science into sense. It's about helping criminal justice practitioners, students, and everyday people learn about cool developments in the justice research world, but without all the dryness of the ivory tower. There's a lot of really great research out there, and we'd like to bring it to you in bite-sized doses to help you understand it and be able to use it. No PhD required. Each episode will break down scientific research into a 12 to 15 minute podcast. You can listen to it wherever you are and when it's convenient for you. We'll give you the science, but in a way that makes sense. We also finish with an explanation that translates the research into real words that explain why it's important and how and why you might want to use it. So let's get started. Louise Marie Roth wanted to understand why women with MBAs working at high-ranking Wall Street security firms were paid less than their male counterparts. She wanted to understand the structural factors within the workplace setting that may contribute to the gender wage gap and its persistence over time. Think about how you might go about answering that question. We will visit Dr. Roth's study after taking a brief, shallow dive into the world of mixed methods research design. If you've read a social science dissertation in the last five years, you can almost be sure it was a mixed method study. This is because the ability to design and carry out a mixed method study is a highly sought skill in researchers, and for good reason. Mixed methods research designs use the power of both qualitative and quantitative methods to better understand the phenomenon under study and to better ensure that what the researcher finds is valid. In other words, the overall purpose of using mixed methods is to expand and strengthen a study's conclusions and therefore contribute to the published literature. Doctors Judith Schunenboom and Burke Johnson provide an overview of how to construct a mixed methods research design. In this podcast, we'll break down several of the important dimensions of a mixed method study. First, you want to consider why you need to use a mixed method study. Do you want to corroborate findings? Do you want to elaborate or enhance your findings? Are you using one method to develop the other? For example, are you using cognitive interviews to develop a quantitative questionnaire? Are you wondering if the different methods will yield different results to the same question? Or do you want to include a diversity of views or improve the usefulness of your study? Several scholars have aimed to classify the reasons for doing mixed methods research study. Scientists love to classify. If you're interested in reading all the different classification schemes that scholars have developed, you might start in 1989 with Green, Carcelli, and Graham, and then move on to 2006 with Alan Bryman's classification. But specific classifications aside, the key point is that you need to start with a research question or questions and then ask yourself, What is my reason for using a mixed methods design? A second important dimension of mixed methods research design is the theoretical drive underlying the design. Are you exploring and describing or testing and predicting? Are you doing both interactively? This is a question of your own science philosophy. Are you trying to discern some objective truth? In which case, your design centers around the best way to get at the truth. Maybe you're trying to develop a survey scale that's really good at measuring the thing you care about. 
For example, maybe you want to know how well a cognitive behavioral program reduced participants' high-risk thoughts. Your mixed method study might focus on developing a validated scale that can measure changes in high-risk thoughts. But maybe you aren't trying to discover some objective truth. Maybe you want to understand how the group of participants experienced the cognitive behavioral training, or perhaps your endeavor is pragmatic. Maybe you want to study the implementation of a new program for delivering medication for opioid use disorder. It boils down to how you personally view the research process. If you're interested in the pragmatic view and would like qualitative and quantitative methods used equally, consider composing a research team made up of qualitative, quantitative, and mixed methods researchers and ensure that the team interacts a lot and focuses on one overarching goal. A third consideration of mixed methods research design is timing. When designing a mixed method study, there are two big questions you will want to think about. The first question is, will the quantitative and qualitative components happen at the same time or will one happen before the other? For example, will interviews and quantitative administration data be collected at the same time or will one happen first and then the other? The second question is, will the qualitative and quantitative components be dependent or independent of each other? In other words, will the outcome of one component impact how you analyze or collect data via the other component? One example of dependence is using the outcome of a quantitative questionnaire to inform subsequent in-depth interview questions. You could have this dependence even if the data were collected simultaneously. Perhaps you collect quantitative and qualitative questionnaire data at the same time, but you use the results of the quantitative analysis to inform how you analyze the qualitative data. A fourth consideration when designing or conducting a mixed method study are the point or points of integration, and some argue that this is the most important decision of all. Mixing or integrating can happen in many ways at many levels. There are many points at which you might integrate your qual and quant components. These points might happen during study design, data collection, data analysis, or when you present your results. For example, you might use ethnographic observations to inform your sampling frame. During analysis, you might quantify your qualitative data. For example, you might use counting to analyze your coded data. Or you might integrate your components during analysis. For example, you might turn qualitative data into quantitative output. You might integrate your results and have a joint display that includes both your quantitative and qualitative analysis at the same time. Much of science is an art, especially when it comes to study design. This podcast is not long enough to delve into all the ways in which qualitative and quantitative components could be integrated, but it is useful to think about integration as comparing and bringing together different components of your research or your reason for using mixed methods. So, if your purpose in doing mixed method studying is to better illustrate your findings, then perhaps you bring together your findings in a lovely results display. Not limiting you to that, though, it's just one suggestion. It's useful to read mixed method studies and look for the points of integration. And let's just spend a minute on a special case of integration. Suppose your purpose in mixed methods research was to triangulate your findings. In other words, you're answering a question from various vantage points to strengthen the validity of your claims, but you find that your results actually diverge from one another. Maybe you sent out a questionnaire to the staff at a community corrections agency to measure agency culture and the respondents rated the agency as having a fairly pro-learning culture. But when you interviewed staff, you found them to be quite cynical about the agency's ability to learn new ways of doing things. Hmm. Maybe you have a starting point for more analysis to resolve the divergence. Or 
maybe you're back on your Google Scholar search trying to find a theory that fits what you're finding. The second approach is called abduction. Ominous, yes, but totally a real thing. A lot of what we've talked about, purpose, timing, and points of integration come together under the umbrella of study design. Again, scientists love to classify. So when it comes to imagining the different ways mixed method study might be designed, they of course need to classify. And of course, they don't agree. Different scientists classify study designs differently. And there are too many types of designs and design classification schemes to discuss them all here. But just for illustration purposes, let's just throw out a few. If in your study you are collecting the qualitative and quantitative components separately, but you're bringing the results together during the overall interpretation, well, you've got yourself a convergent parallel design, at least according to one classification scheme. But maybe you're doing quantitative data collection and analysis first, and then collecting qualitative data to help further explain your quantitative results. Well, that's an explanatory sequential design. Again, at least according to one classification scheme. You can imagine all the various combinations of purpose, timing, and points of integration. And you can imagine that most studies actually have a more complex design. Maybe they mix more than one type of design. The important takeaway here regarding study design is that the purpose of your research and the reason for doing mixed method study should inform your design. When starting out, it's important that you get familiar with the various existing mixed method study designs so that you can make it more complicated. Yep, that's right. It's very likely that when you set about designing your study, you will end up with something called a complex, hybrid, multi-phase, or fully integrated design. And don't expect that you will design the study at the beginning and stick to it. Sometimes a study design emerges as the study is conducted. Plan ahead, but be prepared for the unexpected. So, now that we've breezed our way over a bird's eye view of the landscape of mixed method studies, let's revisit Dr. Roth and her research question on wage disparities among men and women. Roth first conducted primarily qualitative in-depth semi-structured interviews, but she included some quantitative closed-end questions in the interview guide. She used that data to statistically control for factors that might explain the wage gap, things like number of hours worked or any human capital differences. The quantitative analysis revealed a wage difference that could not be explained by legitimate factors. The in-depth interviews included lived experience over time that revealed the hidden structures of the workplace that might have contributed to the wage gap. Things like discriminatory practices regarding decision-making in performance evaluations that are tightly tied to wage increases and promotion. This example of a concurrent dependent design made her findings more robust than either method could have done alone. So while the classifications and all of the dimensions seem daunting, just remember that when it comes to mixed method study designs, there won't be one off-the-shelf design that will work best for you. Start by asking what you want to know, why you want to know it, and think about how the components are going to get you there. And remember, when it comes to study design, it's an art, and you are the artist. That wraps another episode of the Ace Tip Podcast, where we translate science into sense. Also, remember, you can find one-page summary overviews written in plain language and short knowledge burst, which are essentially 30-second overviews of all the research we cover on the JCoin website. Our conveniently packaged research summaries may help you remember what you heard here, and they will definitely help you translate this research to your staff friends, colleagues, or students. 
Additionally, we'd like to thank NIDA, Dr. Faye Taxman, and all the students and staff at ACE, including our podcast mastermind, Shannon Magnuson, who is the brainchild behind this podcast. Two additional notes. If you're a researcher and you'd like us to consider using your research for an upcoming podcast, send it to me at d-r-u-d-e-s at gmu.edu. If you'd like to support our podcast to keep the sense coming, tell your colleagues and staff about ACEDIT or assign us to your students. Thanks for listening. Please tune in again soon for another episode of the ACEDIT podcast, where we translate science into sense.